Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health, the podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. Ryan is the well-rounded bearded brawn of Hunt Harvest Health. His knowledge of backcountry adventure, western hunting, and our household status as garden guru and super dad really defines our gut stealthy lifestyle. Doc Hillary is definitely the brains and beauty behind all of this. She kind of makes everything happen as I have zero technical skills. Hill is just a wealth of knowledge in all things medicine and nutrition, which not only keep our family healthy, but they help me stay strong in all my mountain adventures. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. All right, let's do this. Hello, Ryan. Howdy. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, all right? All right. So what do you think is the number one health question I've gotten this year from Hunt Harvest Health? Um, And it's definitely not how to find big bucks. (laughs) Well, people aren't asking you that. I guess this topic could kind of have to do with big bucks, but. Um, Number one question, I would say for you, seems like in every place we go at any show or anything, it's always uh, testosterone, something related to <laughs> testosterone, for sure. Yes, testosterone. So today's podcast is our New Year, New Year's podcast. We're launching this. If you're listening to this, it is uh, January 1st, 2018. And last year, about a year ago, we launched the um, Gut Restoration Program in January, just shortly after we launched our podcast. And I felt like this year we needed kind of a new thing either to add on to the gut restoration or just really to address a topic that I get so many questions about in the healthosphere this year. So I decided that maybe this would be the next best step. Plus, I did a podcast with my colleague and friend, Dr. Jacqueline Chassie, who is actually featured in this podcast. And we did this podcast back in July when we were together in Phoenix. And she is an expert in hormones. She mainly works with couples who are trying to get pregnant. And so she's treated hundreds of couples um, who want to get pregnant naturally. And so she has a lot of experience with hormones. And I said, hey, do you want to sit down and talk to me about testosterone? Because it's a big question we get. Sure. So just kind of off the cuff, this podcast was her talking about um, really kind of the, the, the basics of testosterone and kind of all the, the more kind of medical questions that we get instead of um, podcast number 19, where we had Jade Tita on, Dr. Jade, that's one of our top listened to podcasts. So I know it's a big issue, but we talked in that podcast more about kind of the role of testosterone in the male psyche and and the male personality and how it fits into kind of the winning state of men. This podcast is going to be a whole lot more um, definitely the specifics of testosterone. So I just came to uh, JC is what we call our Dr. JC. And I said, Hey, do you want to create a program with me for these guys that I think um, would be interested in it? She said, yeah, let's do it. So 
we have created what's called the Testosterone Project. And the Testosterone Project is an online course. It's super easy. You can do it in the privacy of your own home. Um, it's a five-course module that's going to be online. So we've kind of set it up like a class. And what we're doing is a five-day launch. And that's going to be January 18th through the 22nd of this month. And if you sign up for it, um, you're going to get each day, you'll get kind of like a class. So the cool thing is we're each going to be doing different modules in there. We're going to be doing videos, creating PDFs, and um, actually doing questionnaires and then giving you actionable steps to help you with your testosterone. So, you know, maybe you're like 25 and testosterone isn't an issue for you, but maybe you're trying to get pregnant and it's not that easy, or maybe you want to, you know, do the healthy aging thing. Maybe you're 44 <laughs> and you want to keep climbing mountains. Exactly. Most of the guys that are responding to me are not the 25-year-old guys. They're, they're our age and they're older. They're, you know, I get a lot of emails from guys over 50, over 60 saying, I want to climb mountains till I'm 75 or 80 and I'm just, I just don't have the energy. So testosterone isn't all just about SEX. It's about actually having the energy, the muscle, the motivation to do these things. So we kind of call it the, the mood, the motivation, muscle, and mojo. Like your ability to, to get that oomph in your step is the testosterone, I guess, the oomph <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but the really scary thing, and I think when you start looking at the research about testosterone, is that men are really being affected today by our environment. That um, what you'll learn in this class, and uh, Dr. Chassie will be talking about it, and we'll be talking a lot about toxins. And I, I think that men aren't always thinking about that because... Yeah, something I just learned. Um, as you brought it to my attention that, uh, you know, a few generations back, our grandfathers mm -hmm. had way more testosterone at mm -hmm. our age than we do now. Yeah. The 20s. average 18 year old had almost three to four times more testosterone. Um, and they, they know that because the average 18 year old had three to four times more sperm count you need testosterone to make sperm. And so this is why we're seeing infertility issues. So I think a lot of men think infertility issues are a woman's problem. And what we're seeing is it's not a always the woman's problem. A lot of it is the men. And the question is, why are we seeing such a decline in that? And we know from so, the research that it's our toxic environment because testosterone does not do well with all the estrogen-mimicking chemicals that are in the environment. So on this trajectory, yes. eventually... No babies are getting made. No babies. No. <laughs> and even then, you may not even want to be making babies. So that's kind of, I think, a scary thought for a lot of guys. I know that those are symptoms that a lot of guys come in for medical help for because they're worried about that. And then even you may just be fatigued and tired. Your metabolism may not be working that well. You may not be gaining muscle like you used to. You know, you're gaining more fat, that kind of stuff. Because testosterone testosterone interacts with so many other hormones. So this program is totally laid out for you. If you go to huntharvesthealth.com slash testosterone project, there's a video on there and the five days are completely laid out for what you're going to get, when you can sign up, how much it costs. And honestly, it's really affordable. I mean, for what you're getting, for, for getting Dr. Chassie, who is basically, uh, you know, she's a sought-after lecturer and speaker. She mainly trains physicians in these things. Uh, and, you know, I guess to say you get me 
<laughs> but you're getting us both. And some of the cool things is during that, that five day course, you're going to be able to have access to us personally on a chat system. So if you have questions, you know, you're not going to be paying for medical consult during that week or anything. You can, you can ask us questions. And so that's another added benefit. But I think for the price, it's crazy affordable. And if nothing else, just learning about yourself, right? And learning about your body. And then learning about the legalities of like hormone replacement and why you really have to work with a doctor if you're going to do that stuff. Um, We also are going to be offering uh, some information on how you can get your labs drawn without having to go to your primary primary doctor. Because I know a lot of guys want to know their numbers and their doctors won't run it. Sometimes these labs work with your insurance. Um, You might be able to even get your labs drawn and get your numbers. We're going to give you a sheet to analyze your your numbers and what your optimums should be. And so, I mean, it's going to be a very thorough class. So again, um, check it out at huntharvesthealth.com slash testosterone project. Um, it's so affordable. You can have this program forever. So if you, you can't do it all during that five-day launch, you have access to the information forever. And then the last thing I ask is, you know, go there and look at it and then share it with your friends, share it with your, you know, the dudes in your life and, you know, share it on social media so that we can spread the world, the word about this and uh, get as many guys helped out as possible. And uh, the last point I like to make is uh, you just need to be hanging out with beautiful women. That alone will increase your testosterone. That's why Ryan has so much testosterone. He's surrounded by three beautiful women all the time. Yeah. I'll be good forever. (laughs) Okay, guys. Happy New Year 2018. Dr. Jacqueline Chassie. Well, hello, everybody out there in the Hunt Harvest Health community. This is Dr. Hillary. Today, I am here with another very special guest and a good friend of mine who is also a doctor. I asked a question on Instagram and Facebook related to men's health and what your big questions were. And as I could probably have guessed without asking you, um, I got a bunch of questions and the majority of them was about testosterone. Um, Go figure. So I know a lot of you listened to Dr. Jade Tita's uh, podcast we did with him, the number 19 podcast. And, you know, that was probably one of our highest listened to podcasts so far. And it really struck a chord with a lot of you guys out there. Um, And I think that the questions that are coming in now, a lot of them are about testosterone, but they're also about, you know, you really want to learn a little bit more in depth about testosterone itself and what it does in the body. And what I thought I would do is bring somebody on who is, she's really an expert in hormonal health. And she's one of my best friends from school. She's also the president of our national association. That's how much of a smarty pants she is. Not only that, a very hard worker. And uh, she has a specialty in fertility. She's been specializing in helping couples get pregnant naturally, and she has very good success at it. Um, And her name's Dr. Jacqueline Chassie. She's a naturopath and she works in Massachusetts. Um, And I just said, hey, Jackie, will you sit down with me and help my listeners understand testosterone a little bit more? And she said, of course. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Thanks, Dr. Hill, for having me. So good to sit with you and get to talk about this. I know. I'm I'm getting everybody that I love and that has all these great expertise at this conference because it's fun to sit down in person. 
and just talk about these issues face to face. Yeah. And low testosterone is an issue for a lot of men. And like you said, in the world of infertility, it causes a lot of issues because without testosterone, you can't make healthy sperm. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of men with low testosterone. And even if it's not affecting their fertility, more and more men today are being affected. Yeah. And I, I think a few podcasts, well, a few podcasts back, Ryan and I talked about um, environmental toxicities. We talked about plastics and we talked a ton about, you know, stress hormones and how all those things are affecting testosterone. I mean, estrogens and testosterones, but we're seeing, I think in there, you know, I talked a bit about, you know, they're seeing fertility issues and low testosterone in younger and younger men. And uh, I think that's something to be said about the environmental impacts that we're seeing. And, and having it now kind of what you're seeing in fertility, like it being a normal thing, you know, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about what you think some of the reasons are and then how we can help help these guys to kind of get that vitality back and maybe help their testosterone. Yeah, you bet. And I mean, really, things have changed really dramatically. There's one interesting study that looks at how many sperm men make. And it looked at research studies back from the early 1950s up through modern day. And back in the 1950s, if you read a medical textbook or you looked at any lab study, the average man had a sperm count of about 120 million per milliliter. Um, and as time has gone on, there's been this linear decline to the point where today we consider normal, meaning the average healthy man, when they screen him, his sperm count is about 30 million per mil. So that's only 25% of the sperm that the average healthy man made 50, 60 years ago. And so what age group are you talking in the healthy man? Like what age group was the study looking at? It was looking at men that were between like 20 and 35. Okay. So nothing where we would have seen a decline in testosterone normally, mm -hmm. but we've seen a steady decline. And the reason why I talk about sperm count is that testosterone levels correlate oftentimes with mm -hmm. sperm count. There are other factors involved too, but you're right. The environment plays a huge role. And it's not only what, you know, men, if you're listening today, what you are exposed to today, but it also is related to what you were exposed to when you were in your mother's womb. Uh, and unfortunately, the period, especially in the 70s and the 80s, it was very dirty. This is like the onset of all these new chemicals and new plastics being developed before there was really any testing and it was really ubiquitous. You know, those were all the miracle products that our parents trusted. And now we're seeing that they're impacting, you know, men's testosterone levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like now, uh, you know, one of our talks this week, Dr. Lodog, she talked about the environmental toxins, the medications, the things that are like in our water supply. They're in the animals we're eating and uh, they're in, in our food supply. And how do we how do we avoid this, mm -hmm. you know? And I guess that's the bigger question, right? Is like whether you live in the country or whether you live in an urban environment, it seems like kind of ubiquitous now that these chemicals have gone into the system. And so what can people do? I mean, what what would be like, what would be a classic? First of all, let's talk about labs a little bit. Let's talk about what you look for if a man comes into you. Um, let's do two age classes because I really want to talk about that let's say under 40 and mm -hmm. a man is having maybe fertility issues. His wife can't get pregnant. So let's say that, or, you know, other reasons, maybe side effects of just, you know, not having that testosterone. What are you looking for? What would you first look at? So when a man comes in, you know, there's some things that make me think about, could their testosterone be low? 
you know, low sperm count, if we test that and find that out, absolutely, that can be a sign of it. But that's not usually the first thing men come in with. Mm-hmm. They usually come in complaining of just kind of like decreased mojo, right? Like lower libido levels, more fatigue, tougher time recovering from physical exertion. Um, and those are like really uh, insomnia is another common one with low testosterone. So, you know, I see that kind of general malaise that guys come in with. And that is one of the things that leads me to say, like, why don't we check testosterone levels? Okay. All right. What about guys over 40? Same thing. I mean, I think most men over 40, I mean, a decline in testosterone is natural with age. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of making sure things don't decline to a point where you don't feel good anymore. I mean, a 65-year-old man should not have the libido of a 25-year-old man. Mm -hmm. That's normal for that to change. It's kind of the cycle of life. But today, I think there's expectations of, you know, staying young, staying active. And men into their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they want to stay sexually active. They want to have active lifestyles and feel good and have really good energy levels. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're no longer, we don't accept aging as like status quo. We want to live the best life we can for as long as we can. And testosterone is a piece of that for men. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about um, like maybe total testosterone, free testosterone, and some of these markers maybe we're looking at that could be affecting that? Sure. So testosterone levels, like I said, they do fluctuate throughout a man's life. So um, starting in puberty, they start to increase, obviously, and they really peak out between 16 and 18 years in men. And then they start to be on the decline. And then once a man hits about 30, it's natural for his testosterone to decline by about 1% per year for the rest of his life. That's considered kind of that low um, steady decline. So it's easy to test for testosterone. It's a blood test. Mm -hmm. And so you can test. I usually test free and total testosterone. And in men, it's a little tricky because total testosterone can be really variable. Um, For example, in an 18-year-old man, a healthy testosterone for him may be anywhere between 300 and 1,200 nanograms per milliliter in his bloodstream. So as you can see, that's widely variable. And, you know, the, my patients oftentimes are like, well, it makes no sense. And, you know, as you know, all hormones are like that. You took a thyroid hormone, mm-hmm. and if someone's thyroid hormone is at 3.2, one person will feel awesome, mm-hmm. and another person will feel severely hypothyroid. Mm-hmm. So you know, the way I describe it to my patients is that we all have – kind of a natural set point, just like you have a shoe size, right? A shoe size of, for a, you know, for a woman, a shoe size of a six to a 10 is all within the range of normal, mm-hmm. right? However, if you're a size six woman and you're given a size 10 shoe or vice versa, it's going to feel off. It's not a fit. Um, so, you know, what I do oftentimes is with my men, when they're young men, I'll get a baseline testosterone just to have it in their record so that we have something to compare it to later on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the free testosterone. What is free testosterone? So testosterone swims around in the bloodstream. And most of the time, it's about 99% of it is bound to a protein called sex hormone binding globulin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of different um, hormones bind onto sex hormone binding globulin, men's and women's hormones. So when you look at that, when it's bound up, it's almost like it's locked up and it can't really be used by the body. So the active testosterone that can be used by your cells is the stuff that's free or basically not bound to sex um, hormone binding globulin. Then it can interact with your cells a little bit more. So that's the little tiny, tiny fraction of the total testosterone <coughs> makes a big difference. Are there, are there ways to increase and decrease sex hormone binding globulin? 
that you know of? There are dietary ways. I mean, making sure you have adequate protein in your diet. Uh, and there are some botanicals, I believe, that can affect that. But in my own practice, I haven't seen huge impacts mm-hmm. of them. So nothing really that I recommend. There's a huge genetic component to the quantity of sex hormone binding globulin. But most of the time, we adjust to it to have mm-hmm. enough. I very rarely see that that's kind of the area that we've got to treat. Yeah, I've I've talked a little bit about this in some other podcasts as far as especially these guys that are doing heavy exertion exercise for long periods of time where they're stressing their body. We know that long-term exposed stress and sleep deprivation and some of these things will actually naturally increase sex hormone binding globulin. Therefore, it's going to bind up your your testosterone, which is why you're maybe not recovering as well and, you know, not feeling as good having fatigue and low libido and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, So as far as, you know, once you've seen a patient, they come in and you've got these numbers on them, let's... um, Again, then is it more of a clinical diagnosis as well? So It really has to be, yeah, because yeah. when you look at a range of normal that's between, you know, 300 and 1,200 or, you know, for a man under 40, you know, it can be anywhere from 250 to 1,000. It's really tough if you just look at a lab, mm-hmm. you know, you could look at lab numbers and not know if a man was symptomatic or not or healthy or not. So a lot of it is based on clinical diagnosis. I think the one thing that you have to keep in mind as a clinician and one thing that's always in my mind is if a man wants to be on testosterone replacement therapy, Mm -hmm. which we can talk about, you really need to prove that he's deficient in testosterone. So if a man is at 800 or 1,000, you're going to have a tough time finding a doctor to prescribe you testosterone therapy because it's a DEA-controlled substance Mm because it can be abused like a steroid. And if you don't show uh, that you're too low in it, doctors could get in trouble for prescribing it. Right. So where are you finding that baseline then? How are you knowing whether they're too low or not or that that's their baseline? That's by clinical diagnosis. Yeah. If you have a baseline, that's great. And you can see that it's declined over time. But most of my patients that come in, we don't have that from kind of that healthier time period. So if a man is below five or 600 and he's showing signs of low testosterone, like I'd mentioned, fatigue, insomnia, low libido, sometimes irritability, and even depression, actually, mm-hmm. um, or anxiety in addition. So those are the kinds of symptoms that would make me think, well, let's maybe think about trying to support your testosterone and see if you respond to that. Yeah, I, I think running straight to the, you know, maybe it's more of an age-related thing because we know maybe the 60-year-old male is never going to be making what he was making when he's 35 and he's feeling those side effects. And so, you know, maybe we would look at some replacement therapy but running straight to that is usually not the first place I would like to go. And I know that's probably not the first place you want to go because when you start introducing exogenous hormones or giving people hormones, then that's going to change the way your body makes hormones, right? You're absolutely right. So yeah. men who take testosterone, your body will naturally decrease production of testosterone. And I'll give you an example. I'm working with a couple right now that the husband, they are trying to get pregnant. The husband had been on testosterone therapy for low testosterone for about two years. And then they were trying to get pregnant and they weren't having any luck. Well, the reason why is that when you take testosterone, he was getting shots, um, testosterone shots, but a patch would do the same thing. Um, When you're getting that testosterone, your body stops making it. Your brain stops telling now your testicles to make testosterone. And then it, your brain also stops telling your testicles to make sperm because it thinks there's enough around. So you actually get low sperm count or no sperm when you're on testosterone therapy. Well, that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. you need the sperm or the delivery 
they're the delivery, you know, uh, vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have enough testosterone, you just don't make enough of those vehicles. To That's get right. There. Yeah. So yeah. in that case, you've got to get off the testosterone therapy and find other ways to boost testosterone levels. Um, if a couple is trying to get pregnant. So do you want to go through a few of those ways to boost it without, sure. without medication? Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, in my practice, I always start with lifestyle. I think that's the annoying thing about naturopaths. We always want you to change your lifestyle and, yeah. you know, make healthier choices rather than giving you that quick fix pill. But I know this group is pretty much on board with that. So yeah. for men, I think the biggest things in order to make healthy levels of testosterone are to watch exposure to environmental chemicals. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. And I think there are some things you're not going to be able to control, but the things you can control, you should. So the biggest things for men lowering testosterone is exposure to plastics. And because plastics contain phthalates and they contain bisphenols, like BPA, almost everyone's heard of. But even BPA-free plastics, they have a lot of other bisphenols. And those are toxic to all humans, but they're toxic to men and they help... They cause a decline in testosterone. Mm-hmm. So I would say plastics is number one. And then the second thing is actually skincare and body care products. So, you know, your Axe deodorants and if you're using um, scented soaps and shaving creams and things like that, those are going to contain phthalates that end up getting absorbed into your skin in pretty high levels. You can measure them in the urine of people and you know, that causes problems and causes a lowering in testosterone. So that's number one. It's kind of like what you shouldn't do. Right. Now, when it comes to what you should do, I think, you know, maintaining a really healthy diet and the biggest thing with diet and testosterone is to get a wide range of antioxidants. So the best way to do that is to make sure that you're eating the entire rainbow of fruits and vegetables over the course of about a week. Um, If you've got kids, you could make that kind of a fun game um, to try to get all the colors in. I mean, if you're, even if you're a single guy, you know, you got to shop, you got to get the greens, you got to get the reds and the oranges. Um, you got to get the blues and the purples. And so trying to get that whole variety of colors in your food. And why is that? What's important about antioxidants with hormones? So antioxidants help to protect us from essentially all the damage that comes to us externally. So when I talked about environmental chemicals, if you have more antioxidants around, you can tolerate those better. Your body can process them out. It you know, helps your liver perform better. And most importantly, it protects each individual cell. So including the cells that make hormones, right? Um, the other piece with antioxidants is um, that they, you know, promote actually good communication uh, for your hormones. So it's really important to have enough around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I know with a lot of guys and gals these days with all the environmental stuff and hormone stuff, it's like, let's look at your liver. Let's support your liver. Let's give you lots of antioxidants. And that's kind of one of the first places I like to go because also the liver is the place where, you know, what is the original building block of a hormone, right? Cholesterol, Mm -hmm. right? And that metabolism is happening in the liver, right? right? And so the liver is doing a multitude of jobs in our body. It's like, it's like crazy what a liver cell does to keep our body functioning. And part of that is making your hormones via the cholesterol pathway. And so working on your liver, I think is really important for helping those pathways. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, another thing that you can do for your liver, there's an, a special antioxidant called glutathione. Mm-hmm. And glutathione is like our master antioxidant. It's the most potent antioxidant that we make. And so getting your body to make more is really protective to your liver and helps it function better. You can get glutathione as a supplement, but you've got to be careful because it's really tough to absorb. So you've got to find certain kinds like reduced glutathione or liposomal 
glutathione that have better absorption. But you can also, there's a supplement called N-acetylcysteine mm-hmm. or NAC. And that, if you take that, it will actually help your body make more of its own. And that's really the best known way to boost glutathione. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, glutathione has a ton of other health benefits. It Love to talk about it on a whole separate podcast um, because it's really important to protect your heart and to protect you from diabetes. And it has so many positive, um, you know, protection from environmental chemicals. So, but it's really important for good testosterone as well. Yeah. uh, Dr. Jillian and I did a podcast on some other Q&A that we had and one of them was related to, uh, one of the questions was just related to kind of this idea of, um, of the NAC and the liver and all these kinds of things and um, mitochondria mm-hmm. and how important mitochondrial health is for f- energy and producing ATP. And NAC is a great way to boost your mitochondrial health as well. Yeah. It's got multitude of positive benefits. Yeah. So I think that's the kind of the diet piece. And the other kind of two pillars for naturally making good testosterone are movement, And in particular, for men with low testosterone, like a high-intensity weight training program is going to be the best type of exercise to naturally boost testosterone. So you want to get to the point where you're really fatiguing your muscles by kind of maxing out. So you can do that with weights. You can do that like by sprinting. But essentially, you want to work as hard as you possibly can to the point where you're exhausted and you can't. Mm -hmm. You know, And then you rest until you can go again and then you push again. Um, but you want to be moving like pretty heavy weights if you're doing weights and really work your body pretty hard so that you're very fatigued at the end. And that pushes a growth of testosterone and a, a boost of um, growth hormone to help your body recover. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. And what about sleep? Yeah, the, the sleep is the third pillar. And I think it's one that's most often overlooked. And it can be tricky because low testosterone can be a cause for insomnia. And that can be a pretty vicious cycle because the less you sleep, the lower your testosterone is going to be. Mm-hmm. So getting adequate sleep is really important too. So, you know, behaviorally, I think a lot of us are on our mobile devices and computers and TVs too late into the night. So that's one big thing I do is for two hours before bedtime, no electronics, no screen time. Um, and just making sure your room is dark and quiet. And if you need to, thinking about things like melatonin or kava or, you know, other herbs and nutrients that can help support a healthy sleep. Yeah, it seems like everybody's sleep deprived these days. Absolutely. You know, especially if you're a mother with children or a young father with children. I mean, sleep deprivation is like part of your life. But now it seems like to go on into older, you know, generations where we have more exposure to light and electronics and there's so much emphasis on doing and having and getting somewhere and being in a hurry and Mm -hmm. not wanting to miss anything. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is the mental chatter. You know, a lot of people are dealing with mental chatter at night. So you might wake up and, you know, in some instances you fall right back to sleep, but then you think about that thing that you had to do at work tomorrow or that, you know, argument you had with your spouse or something that kind of gets you going and you get stuck in this place with mental chatter Mm -hmm. where, you know, when you're going through that, you're producing stress hormone in the middle of the night when we really should be producing none, but that causes us to wake up and be more alert and have trouble getting back to sleep. And, you know, I think... I'm sure you've talked about stress hormones with your audience, but you know, that's another thing that when your stress hormone levels are high, you actually shut down your reproductive system. Um, You know, when you think about what your body has to do to survive, reproduction is one of the least important things that we have to do. And in fact, at times of stress, 
And from an evolutionary perspective, it's protective to us to not be able to reproduce because how can you care for an offspring in the time of severe stress? So now we're dealing with chronic stress, men and women, and it affects both men and women's hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of an, as much emphasis on on men and the effect that it's having on their reproductive health. Yeah, it's um, a problem though for yeah. men. It really is a problem, and you know they might not see it as a fertility issue, but they might see it later on in life with something like low testosterone. Right. So I got this question from a pa- uh, not a patient from a listener related to um, a midlife crisis mm-hmm. or like women have menopause. Do men have a menopause? and Or is it just they have a midlife crisis and go off the deep end and start trying to act like they were 20 again and all this stuff? You know, you talk about that a little bit because sure. it's, it's it's a lot of our demographic. You know, men over over 50 is a big demographic and, and they want to stay young and they want to stay healthy. But is this normal? Well, I think well, it's it's common, but I don't think it's healthy. It's not a healthy process. And, right. you know, what they talk about with menopause with women, you know, it's controversial, but there's a thing called andropause with men. You know, andro is kind of the root of the word for a man. Um, and andropause just describes like a lower testosterone level plus those symptoms of aging that come along with that. And it is a hormonal transition that I think has a little bit of a normal seed. You know, there's a kernel of like normalcy in there. Like I said, testosterone should be on that decline of 1% per year. But I think a lot of issues with, you know, testosterone not really getting very high in midlife for men. So they have a, a smaller pool. When it declines, it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. But then most importantly is that stress hormone, that constant stress hormone blazing our bodies and kind of burning out the candle too soon. And that's when that triggers that andropause. So That brings up another really important point that usually with low testosterone, you'll have an imbalance of another hormone called cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And you've got to address that because that is like the oxygen blowing on the fire that's causing the fire to really be erupting. Um, So you want to help to put out that fire at the same time. What about your thyroid? I've I've recently come across a lot of men that have thyroid dysfunction and it's affecting their hormones. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. Men don't have thyroid issues as much as women, but we are seeing it more and more. Mm -hmm. A lot of it we know is related to environmental toxicity. Again, it kind of goes back to that. Exposure to certain chemicals can cause the thyroid to go out of whack, but uh, irregular thyroid affects your metabolism and that can also affect your testosterone. So screening for thyroid, which is a good idea in anyone who's got fatigue and insomnia and depression, similar symptoms, you'd want to screen for thyroid. We're running like what's called thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH. And then usually you would do um, a free T3 hormone as well. Okay. Um, And then I guess let's talk just a little bit like what would, if somebody needed to be on medications, what are the, what are the some alternatives to a testosterone, let's say? Yeah. So there's some good alternatives available in the herbal world. Um, I have two favorites that I go to for men. One is maca, which what I love so much about maca is it can be incorporated as a food. And we can talk a little bit more about that, but there are great recipes for like maca truffles, for example, or you can take maca powder and blend it into a smoothie Mm -hmm. or make, you know, raw food balls that have like dried fruit and maca and coconut oil and kind of the, that paleo style thing where maca is one of the main components. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make it into hot drinks. There's a lot of ways to kind of incorporate it into your diet. You can take it as a supplement as well. 
And then the second herb I love for men's health is called tribulus. Mm -hmm. And tribulus is like an adaptogen, like it's helpful for your adrenal glands, but it is specifically helpful to raise testosterone levels in men where it's low. Uh, And the nice thing about it is it's really tough to get to a level where you could ever harm yourself with it. So, well, both maca and tribulus. So they're both very safe supplements to find the market. Okay. What about, are there any other medications? So there are. So, um, and just one more thing on the supplements is that boosting testosterone for men, like if you're buying dietary supplements, this is a super high area for contamination in the market. Okay. So I think it's really important to buy from a naturopathic doctor um, and go with a trusted brand. This is not where you want to go to like the place where you might buy protein powder for your gym. Because a lot of the like testosterone boosting, especially if they're making all these claims of raising your testosterone, there's a high rate of finding things like sildenafil, which is Viagra in the Uh products, or other steroid-like contaminants. And, you know, while you might be like, well, that's great because it's effective and I can buy it over the counter, the problem is the dosing's irregular. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are made in China and they're dirty and you just don't know what you're going to get and you can really cause yourself some harm. So that the FDA is really kind of tackling those companies, but they seem to pop up a lot. And uh, you got to be really careful. And folks, I didn't tell you in the beginning, but <clears throat> Jacqueline is also the VP, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Of Emerson Ecologics, which is one of the largest distributors of natural products in the United States. And so they are doing quality control and they carry only the best lines, especially that are sold to physicians. And so she knows a ton about this. So she, when she's telling you this, like she knows what she's talking about. So Yeah. And it's funny if you visit Emerson's website yeah, um, and you look at those men's health testosterone support products, you'll see we don't carry very many. And it's because we're very strict on what types of testing they have to do before we'd ever let them in because they're such a high risk area. It's a huge market. You know, I worked in the supplement sales thing for a while in retail brick and mortar. The market for men's testosterone boosting supplements is insane. It is. Like, and if there's you a lot go of to like an Arnold <laughs> Classic or some of these bodybuilding uh, shows that I used to go to and like what the companies are selling. And I mean, it's all like really focused in and men raising their testosterone, you know, building muscle, doing this. And you look at some of the ingredients, you're like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. One I really want to talk about real quick is Yohimbi. I'll share just a funny story. Ryan's probably like, oh my God, don't share this. But he, when he was younger, he, he was like taking these workout products and stuff. And he came home one night and he was like, I thought he was having like a panic attack. He's like sweating, not feeling good, nauseous. He couldn't sleep. I mean, he was just like, he's not like that. Those of you who know Ryan, like he falls asleep, (laughs) like bam, he doesn't have anxiety. And, um, he had taken a product with Yohimbi in it and he looked it up like what Yohimbi side effects are and what it is. And, uh, he's like never touched it again. He said that, that, that crap just scared me to death. Mm -hmm. Now, not all men have that reaction. And I know that in natural medicine, we use it for some, you know, for some conditions, but 
you'll find things like that, these stimulant-like things in these male products. And so a lot of guys think that that's what they're supposed to be feeling to increase their testosterone maybe or to get an erection or like all these things. Yeah, Yohimbi is not – doesn't boost testosterone levels, but it is used in men's health a lot because it's thought to increase libido and increase the ability to get a stiffy basically. The other thing that um, really actually interesting enough for your audience, the other herb you'll see a lot is deer antler velvet. And it actually yeah. is. It's the velvet off of a young deer's antler. Yeah, they have elk antlers too. Uh, I know a guy who makes that stuff up in Maine, actually. He's got a podcast. He yeah, and I've never seen any published research on it, but I see that ingredient come up a lot too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think those can all be helpful. I would listen to the marketing, listen to it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And if you want to take something and you're a little bit unsure, one thing you can look for, there's a company called NSF and they certify everything from like water filters and you know, engineering equipment, lab equipment, up through dietary supplements. And they have a label, a special label called NSF Certified for Sport. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the testosterone products that the supplement companies want to be able to get to athletes, especially like major athletes, a lot of the athletics groups like the NBA and um, MLB, they require um, NSF Certified for Sport testing before they'll let their athletes use it. So that's something that you can look for. It's usually printed on the label or on the company's website. And what it means is that they screen every lot of every single product to make sure it's absolutely free of anything that's steroid-like. Yeah, because you're an Olympic athlete. Your trainer gives you a product maybe. It's a, it's a simple herb or whatever, and you get tested and you're kicked out. Right, because of some kind of contaminant yeah. that no one thought was in there. Right, yeah. contamination. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah, so there's some good, you know, some good herbs to provide support for testosterone. And then I think if that's not enough, then mm-hmm. it's what are the next options? And there's a couple options. You can do testosterone creams or patches, mm-hmm. um, or you can do testosterone injections. And these have to be done under a doctor who can prescribe them. Mm-hmm. So naturopathic doctor, medical doctors, etc. Um, you you want to find an integrative doctor or a naturopathic doctor because they are a little bit more attuned to the dosing and how to test for it and how to monitor you. So I recommend finding someone that way. Um, but there's, you know, pros and cons that patches are easy because you apply them and let them be. Um, creams are applied daily. Shots, of course, you need to inject. Um, and typically the shots are done about once a week. Um, so you either have to go into your provider or train your spouse how to do it and they can administer them at home. But you've got to be really careful. Um, for example, with creams, if you have young kids, like say you have a baby at home, a testosterone cream might not be a good idea because if it, you touch the skin of your child, they're going to absorb the testosterone too. And it doesn't take much to disrupt a woman's hormones or a baby's hormones. So you got to make sure you put it on at a time where it's not going to rub off on anything mm-hmm. um, and it has time to absorb and then you can kind of wash it away before you, you know, get too close to your loved ones. What about Clomid? Yeah. So Clomid is another option if men are trying to conceive, um, and they don't want to use an external testosterone application. Mm-hmm. Clomid is it's actually an anti-estrogen. Um, it was developed for as a breast cancer drug, but now it's most commonly used for couples for fertility, usually for women. Um, but if you give it to a man, and typically it's about 50 to 100 milligrams um, every two days, that can help men naturally boost testosterone. So Clomid works by getting your brain 
to produce more. We're getting a dance in the background right now as we record. By Jacqueline's husband. <laughs> He's trying to distract us. testosterone. Look at that. Um, so... What was I saying? <laughs> With the Clomid. Yeah. It'll help the men naturally boost their testosterone production. It gets their brain to think there's not enough around. And then their brain makes more of these hormones called luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. And that drives sperm production and testosterone production naturally. Okay. So Clomid is like one step behind. It kind of pushes your body to make more of its own. Okay. And then um, this will be the last thing because I know you got to go. We have a gala event tonight we have to get ready for, it. and you are the president, so <laughs> we can't be late. Um, I, what about hanging out with women? Yeah, especially beautiful women. Yeah. That's a, a, not a bad prescription, right? But you're right. Hanging around women, you know, men and women produce these pheromones that you don't pick up consciously, but your body picks those up as signals. You know, hormones are communication signals, and we send them within our own body. But also they produce, we produce pheromones and those little bits of scent alter other people's hormones. And one great way to think about this, you know, and a lot of times guys act like this, is when you have a, a dog in heat, a female dog in heat, yeah. and all the male dogs around like start to go berserk, right? right? And it's similar with humans. We can tamper it down a little bit and most men can control themselves from like climbing up on a female <laughs> and being inappropriate, <laughs> unlike my bulldog who seems to not be able to control himself. Um, but... You, the same effect happens to a lower level to your hormones. So surrounding yourself with women, especially attractive women, is a great way to boost your testosterone. So honey, Sorry, Ryan, ladies. I know you're always complaining that you're the only male in an all-female house. But look, <laughs> it's, you're going to keep your testosterone high. That's right. Right? That's all right. these girls around all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Okay. Anything else? Any other strategy for guys with testosterone? I mean, Does the other thing that's them? great is like, masturbation is great. You know, ejaculation causes a rush that helps to boost testosterone for a short term. So, you know, sex kind of like builds upon itself. The more sex you have, the better testosterone drive you're going to have. So, I mean, I think we've talked about a lot of strategies. Start with the lifestyle stuff. And if you think you need additional support, you know, connect with a naturopathic doctor who can test you and monitor you as you think about what other options you have. I, I like to tell my male patients who are kind of like, you know, my age, 40s, they're stressed out. They got jobs. They got kids. They got maybe like custody battles with their ex-wife. You know, they have all this stuff going on in their life. And then it's like, it's funny. It's like the women have a, their wife has a libido, but they don't, but they don't really have a problem with it. They just don't have the, they're just tired. They're stressed out. They don't. And we think of that a lot with women, like, oh, she's tired. She doesn't want sex. It's kind of like a stereotype. But I find so many men are in that place now where they're just, they're tired. They're worn out. They don't have the libido and it bothers them. And what I, what I say is sometimes like an, is an easier prescription is like, okay, well you need to just maybe force yourself to make that time and to be with your wife, even if it's cuddling or whatever, or maybe you need to have sex and, and like help that will actually help boost right. your testosterone. That will help boost. But you know, when you get tired, it's easy to just blow things off. It's easier just to be like, I don't have the time or I got to go to sleep or I can't sleep or I'm not in the mood. And sometimes you got to kind of force yourself to be maybe in the mood. And by doing that, making the time, setting it a time, that time aside for your spouse will help increase that bond. And that will also help increase her hormones and it will help increase your natural hormones. Absolutely. And I think the last thing I would just add to that is that the other thing is that I think men, when they are in their 40s and 50s, 
they are comparing their libido to where it was when they were like 19, 20, 25 right. years old. And I think sometimes it's like, God, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough because I don't want to have sex all the time anymore. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with having your libido decline if it's not a problem for you and it's not a problem for your partner. Right. Um, you know, I had one patient who was telling me, he's like, God, I used to want sex all the time, but now you could like put Claudia Schiffer in front of me in lingerie and I'd be like, hey, can you move? I can't see the TV. <laughs> right. You know, and uh, for him, he just didn't care, you know, and if, as long as his partner didn't care, there's no trouble with that. There's nothing biologically wrong with that necessarily. So right. I would just say, don't compare yourself to some standard that your friends are at or that you were at in the past, you know, judge it based upon what you need today. Right. Right. Cool. Well, tell us how people can learn about you, get a hold of you. Um, give us your info. Sure. So my website is perfectfertility.com. Okay. And if you look at it, it's very like female centric because most fertility patients that come in are women. Right. Even if it's an issue with their partner, they're like dragging their husband in. Right. So, uh, but you can check it out. There's maybe we'll uh, follow this up with some more information on testosterone. Yeah. In yeah. the next blog post, so you can see that on the site. <laughs> and, uh, and you can check things out there and learn more about my practice and the work that I well, do. Well, you know, the female list, the female listeners are growing in our population. And that's really what I want to do is I want to get to the wives and to the females out there as well. So if, if they think you know a lot about men's hormones, wait until we get her on here talking about female hormones. Uh, It'll blow your mind. So we'll, we'll do that, okay? Sounds great. In the future. All right. Thanks, Dr. Jackie. Thanks, Dr. Love Hill. Love you. Love you. Okay. Great to be here. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. The Hunt Harvest Health Podcast and Stealthy Hunter LLC website is for general health information only. This podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any health condition or problem. Any questions regarding your own health should be addressed to your own primary care physician or other healthcare provider. If you have more questions related to naturopathic hair and possibly setting up a consult with Dr. Hillary, please go to our website or email us at lampers at stealthyhunter.com. Please note without direct medical consult, all correspondence is only a recommendation and cannot be considered medical treatment.